it was my Friday night regulars who first taught me about abundance, fiscal responsibility, making money, saving money, compound interest, retiring well, traveling the world, sailing, and that beauty that is wealth because money equals freedom. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 136 of Yes And with me, Judy Holler. I am so glad you are here and welcome back or welcome to the show. This is the second episode in a series of 12 keys I'm giving you, 12 life and business lessons I've learned over the years in the hopes that they'll help you kick open the door to more possibility in your life. So we're calling this series the key. See, fear is the door, but and is the key. Uh, I have found that most of us look at doors as welcome devices, right? Like, come on in. But doors can actually be the barrier of entry to someplace you really want to be, but you aren't sure you belong. You're not sure you're ready and you aren't sure you have what it takes. And we get scared because we don't know what's on the other side. So it becomes a barrier and it blocks you from what you want and what you deserve. But here's the thing. It doesn't really exist anywhere else in your mind, which means that if you've got that limiting belief in your head, we can also get it out of there. So enter new keys because old keys won't open new doors, but new doors are the key to a better life and new doors require new keys. So these 12 mini micro soundbite episodes are going to give you some new keys that will hopefully help you kick open some new doors. And last week we spoke about being responsible for your energy. And today our second key is pay yourself first. I can't wait to get into this one. I'm so glad you're here. One of my favorite jobs that I've ever had, besides being a keynote speaker, that job is the love of my life. Um, don't tell Tito, don't tell my husband, but ooh, there's nothing I like better than giving a speech, right? That is my thing. But let me tell you, the other favorite job I've had in my lifetime was being a bartender. And yo, let me tell you something. I was a little bit coyote ugly with it. Anybody know that movie? Like, I was a damn good bartender, right? And my last bartending gig was in the city of St. Louis, Soulard, at a blues bar called Mike and Men's. Uh, by the way, if you've got something in your hand, let's have a, a moment of silence and pour a little out for Mike and Men's and Soulard. Just a little moment of silence. Ooh, that bar and that building is still there, but it's now a Mexican restaurant. And it's just not the same. But, you know, listen, I worked that job until I was 27 years old, keeping my Friday night shift because the money was, the cash was too hard to leave. Plus, I was having so much fun. I was having so much fun until I wasn't, right? So I was like by day working in the hotel business. Um, and that kind of caught up to me. And at 27, I... I quit bartending officially, but the lessons I learned behind that bar have stayed with me and the bars prior to my final bar have stayed with me. Um, and I truly believe that that bar, that Friday night shift at Mike and Men's was the first business I owned. That's right. Owned. I may not have owned the building, but when I was working, <laughs> I owned that bar. It was my stage. And it was the first time I realized I could use my energy, what we talked about last week, energy, right? Being responsible for it, right? 
it was the first time I realized I could use my energy, my talents, my attention to detail, my hustle, my sense of urgency, my hospitality roots, my work ethic, and my good vibes to make money, right? And I started to realize that, yo, I'm doing so much more than bartending here. I'm actually sort of running a business, right? I'm the Friday night girl and I have a packed bar and people come to see me. Uh, They come to see the the live blues music, which was so good, by the way. We would get our saxophone players up on the bar, the bartenders we'd all get up with. I mean, let me tell you, it was so coyote ugly. Anyway, I digress. But yes, people came to see the music, but people came to see me and I had regulars, lots of them. And when you're a bartender, regulars are like this golden seal of, quote, you are a badass bartender. It's like you've made it. When you have regulars, you know you're real good, right? Because you can go anywhere to grab a drink. There are so many options out there. But as a regular, you're saying, I could be anywhere Friday night, but I choose you this bar, this place, right? And as a bar owner, you want bartenders who get regulars, who can attain and attract and keep regulars, right? And as a bartender, you want regulars you can count on to fill your bar, but also your tip jar. So enter Don, Lori, Steve, Larry, and Mike, a group of friends who at the time were in their early 50s, and they are and will always be my most favorite regulars of all time. So for five years, every Friday, they were at my bar at 6 p.m. sharp, okay? And for five years, they not only filled up my tip jar, but they filled my mind with so many lessons and stories and advice that, uh, frankly, still are with me today. And the most powerful, potent, and important piece of advice they gave me was this. Pay yourself first. So let's break this down. It all began the Friday I got my first ever raise at work, at my day job in the hotel business. I was working by day at a hotel as an express meetings manager. I was booking like wedding blocks and family reunions and military events. And if you know the hotel business, I mean, it's like a entry level jobs, right? My salary was $35,000. You guys, I, and this listen, I am not complaining. It was good money. I had, yo, I had $35,000. I had a contract. I got insurance and I had a 401k. I felt so big time, right? I even, I even had an office. I had an office. I felt like a straight up OG, not a cube, an office with a door and a bathroom. Like it was a renovated hallway of, of old hotels or hotel rooms, right? Cause I worked in a hotel. So anyway, I was on, I was on cloud nine. I'm crushing it at work. I'm making my sales goals and I get this raise. Okay. So of course on Friday, I could not wait to tell Mike, Don, Lori, Steve, and Larry. So I wrap up my work day and I head home uh, to my apartment to change into my Friday night bartending clothes and walk to work. Yes. I lived a block away. I was living in Soulard. Um, so I get there, I clock in. And of course I immediately see some of my favorite faces, right? So I start refreshing their drinks and saying hello and checking in with everyone, getting the bar ready. And then once things sort of cooled down for a second before the evening rush began, because they always left about 7.38, because after eight o'clock, yo, it got wild in there. We were open until two, three in the morning, right? So anyway, when when things kind of calmed down, I said to the squad, I go, guys, guess what? 
I got a raise. To which they were all so excited. We did a cheers. I made us a round of redheaded sluts to celebrate. It, does anybody, I don't know, I, I'm 46 years old. If you came up in the, in your 20s and did not do a redheaded slut, uh, let me know. Do you, This was the thing. Everybody was doing the redheaded slut shots. It was like Jägermeister and peach schnapps and cranberry shaken up and poured out. I might be missing one ingredient anyway. So it was popular. So we did a round of redheaded sluts, pardon the term, eh. but that's what we called it. Um, and maybe it was a St. Louis thing. But anyway, I was soaking in my 20, at the time, four-year-old pride at getting a little extra cash in my checking account each week. And we were toasting it and everybody sets down their drinks. And Don looks at me and he says to me, congratulations, Judy. But girl, you better bank that raise. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, remember, you got to pay yourself first. See, they were always telling me to tuck money away, at least 10 to 20% for myself before I spent $1 on anything, right? So if I make $500 on a Friday night at the bar, they're like, put a hundred bucks of it away, right? If I get a $5,000 bonus at work, Tuck a thousand of it away. Um, away meaning into a SEP, into uh, the 401k, into an interest earning savings of some sort. Uh, so getting that money tucked away. Yes, my 401k was coming out of my account, but was, but was I contributing the max that I could? Was I maxing that out? Did I have a savings account, an emergency fund, a salary in case I needed it, right? So I'm learning this at like 24 from my bar regulars, by the way. So Don says, congratulations on your raise. But if you're smart, you'd act like you don't have it and you'd bank it instead. As much as my 24-year-old self did not want to hear that, because here I am getting probably a couple extra hundred dollars a week. And I'm like, oh, we're going to Hawaii, baby. Let's let's ride a limo and drive to Vegas. I don't know. That's like some of my priorities when I was 24, right? I couldn't wait to think about all the things I was going to buy, you know? Um, but that advice really sort of changed the game for me. And it stayed with me. And it stayed with me really, truly until this day. And when my business shut down, like most of our businesses and our lives changed overnight when the pandemic hit, I was so damn grateful for this advice at 24 years old, because truly in 2020, when all my live keynotes went poof and goodbye for not just a few months, but a few years. And yeah, we went virtual, but boy, everything changed. It truly saved me. Uh, that advice saved me. It saved my business. It saved my family. Um, plus, uh, Don, Mike, and Lori, and Steve knew their shit. They were giving me great advice. Most of them were in finance. They all had great careers, and all of them were planning to retire at 55. 55. Now, at 24 years old, that felt ancient. But now as a 46-year-old woman, I realize how impressive that is. And they did it. They have since moved to Florida. They all um, live in these beautiful, sunny locations. They sail, and they live out on the water a couple months a year, and they are retiring on their own terms, but they also lived their lives and they weren't cheap. Yo, they were my best tippers and uber generous. I'd get birthday gifts, gifts and graduation gifts and Christmas gifts. And they kind of became like family. And I'm grateful because I didn't learn this sort of stuff in my family. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I never really learned about saving money or managing money or investing my money growing up. All I heard was that money was hard to come by and, and that money doesn't grow on trees, et cetera, 
et cetera, et cetera. It was my Friday night regulars who first taught me about abundance, fiscal responsibility, making money, saving money, compound interest, retiring well, traveling the world, sailing, and that beauty that is wealth because money equals freedom. So the mantra, pay yourself first, rings in my ear every single time I get a check of any kind, before I pay a bill, (laughs) before I write a check, before I buy anything, babe, I pay myself first. I tuck some away into my savings. I tuck some away into my SEP. I tuck some away into my retirement. And then and only then am I able to spend the rest? And let me tell you, it not only feels so good, it also helps me sleep a little bit better at night. So how can you apply the pay yourself first mindset and principle into your life? Because let me tell you something, you are never too old and it is never too late. So here's a few ideas to to help you kickstart this mindset shift and really lean into key number two. Number one, schedule a money date every week schedule, schedule keyword there, a money date each week. I do this on Fridays. Light a candle, put on some music, get a quiet space, look at it, review your cards, check things, manifest your accounts, make sure um, things that are there are supposed to be there, right? And thank it. Be grateful for the $10 you have in your account. Be grateful for the 10,000 you have in your account. Because listen, if we don't have gratitude, How can you really truly get what you want? If you cannot be grateful for the first $1,000 in your account, how can you get 10? If you cannot be grateful for the $10 you have in your account, how will you ever get 100? So gratitude, schedule a money date, make it high vibe and look at your money. Look at your money. There's so much power in that. Number two, beware of money language. Like, low vibe money language. I mean, this is the shit I grew up with. Like rich people are evil or money is hard to come by or money doesn't grow on trees or wealthy people are selfish, all this stuff, right? Like all these low vibe limiting beliefs. And my conversations with money have really changed over the years and it's helped me (laughs) call in more of it. If you think lack, you're going to get lack. If you think abundance, you're going to get abundance. Some of, um, I even have money mantras and some of my favorite money mantras have become um, game changers for me. And and I'll share them with you. So please borrow them, steal them and use them. And maybe right now with me, close your eyes. If you're not driving, right. Or on a treadmill right now or on the Peloton, you know, some people listen while they're hustling in the gym, whatever, but do this later, whatever, come back to this timestamp, this marker, because what we can do is close our eyes right now, close your eyes and take a deep breath, breathe in, How about we breathe in abundance and we breathe out lack, right? We breathe in wealth and we breathe out fear. And repeat these money mantras after me. Number one, I am a money magnet. I pay my bills with ease. Everything I desire is on its way because everything I desire is already mine. 
there is more than enough to go around. I, I am abundance itself. I do not chase. I attract. I am safe in this moment to relax and receive. Run those mantras morning and night and see how things start to shift. Third, I, you know, I think it's important to give in order to get because, babe, there's enough, enough clients, enough money, enough opportunity, enough wealth, enough joy, enough. And one thing I know for sure is that I did not get to where I am today without lots and lots of help from badass men and women who have paved the way for me with their advice, their wisdom, their referrals, their generosity, and their mentorship. Uh, so go get you some of that prioritize building relationships. Check in with your network, not just when you need something, but because you're inspired or you thought of them. And also flip the script from mine, mine, mine. And this like fear mindset to abundance, to give, 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 right? Dip your toes into that gangster mentality of gratitude. It is so brave and so bold and so bad. And then last but not least, uh, this is a a little tactical tip for you. Um, Don't only pay down your debt. And this goes right back to the beginning. And this is a great tactical way to pay yourself first. Now, disclaimer, maybe I should have said this at the top. Like, I'm no financial guru. Um, I have good days and bad days with my my money habits. um, But I have really, really prioritized paying myself first and it's set me free. So uh, I I am not a financial guru. I don't want to be one. Yet for the longest time, I made this mistake and you may be making it too. And here was the mistake. Only prioritizing paying off debt. The problem with that is that I kept asking myself the same question. Oh my God, oh my God, I'd read all these books and listen to podcasts and get all this advice, right? Should I get rid of debt or contribute to retirement? and emergency funds. I do believe you have to do it all, but they're not mutually exclusive. Here's what I learned, and it's been a game changer. Chipping away at debt might be the wiser choice, but you will miss out on the compound interest, aka free money earned in a retirement account if you are not contributing on the regular. Uh, And working towards your savings goals stops you from feeling trapped in debt. Plus, it helps you build your savings muscle. Just like we build our courage muscle, we need to build our savings muscle, right? Which can help you afford experiences that bring happiness and joy and develop a sense of security that makes you feel financially empowered. So the bottom line is that, yes, debt-free is the way to be, yet paying yourself first is empowering a Okay, so there you have it. The second lesson in our 12-week key series. Hey, yourself first. Talk to me. What was your big takeaway? I love hearing from you. Hit me up on Instagram. Send me a DM. Let me know what you think. Tag me in your posts. And you can always email us at hello at judyholler.com with your show ideas, feedback, and inspo. We read every email. So I thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. And of course... Thank you for reviewing. If you have not yet reviewed this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would. Until I meet you right here on the Yes And Airwaves again next week, keep kicking open those doors, babe, one and at a time.